Okay, good morning, and uh, sorry to be on the video again, but uh, I need to be in Auckland, and this is what you get today. But we did it a bit better than me peering into a camera. So good morning again. If you don't know me, I'm Paul, and happy Father's Day to all the dads here. Uh, I'm not sure what's happened for Father's Day, but there we go. So now here's the title of where we're looking this morning. Uh, Who is cutting in? on you and Jesus. Now, we're, we're in Galatians. You've had the reading. And I just want to, yeah, let's ask that question. Who is cutting in on, on me or you and Jesus? And uh, so to get us into this, I have a rugby memory, and high school rugby. And uh, when, you, when you play a lot of sport, a lot of rugby, there's a few memories that stand out. So I just want to share uh, a, a memory that I enjoy thinking about from high school rugby. I don't think about it much, but I thought about it for this message. And so some of you might know what I'm talking about. Some of you might just have to think a bit harder. So I played number eight when I was at high school and uh, weight-graded rugby, so size wasn't too relevant. And so I played number eight. And we did a thing in, as a number eight called corner flagging. And I'd like to ask if anyone knows what that is. You can put up your hand, but I won't see it. So corner flagging means I'm tracking behind the back line when the opposition had got the ball as like an additional cover behind the backs, heading across towards the corner. So this game, I was chugging along behind the back line. They're, they're running with the ball, and their wing gets around the outside of our wing, and he's got a clear run to the try line. But because I was on that angle, I managed to put in a wonderful tackle and took him out over the sideline. And I don't think he even saw me coming. We read in verse 7 in the text, You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth? Now that winger, you know, we're talking about the sense of, I cut in on him to keep him from obeying the try. Who is cutting in on us, he's saying to these Galatians, who is cutting in on you to keep you from obeying the truth as we find it in Jesus Christ? One of the underlined, it's not underlined, it's clearly all the way through Galatians, is that there are false believers who come across as brothers of Christ, but they're not. They're sheep in wolf's clothing, the ones Jesus talked about in Matthew 7, that they're like false apostles of the gospel, the ones that Apostle Paul talked about in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And and what they are, they're people who claim Jesus as Lord, but they're not doing the will of the Father. They're doing something else. They're looking to cut in on people's faith in Jesus and, and just add something to it. Just mix it up. Just cutting in and bringing a different message. And he's saying, who has been cutting in on you? It's like in, in Genesis 3 when, when Satan came to Eve and the whole story went down and you get to the end of that, into when the story after that, and it says that the voice or the word of God was walking through the garden, possibly Jesus, the word who became flesh. And Adam and Eve are hiding, and, and the word goes, where are you? Where are you? And, and then, and then uh, they, they finally say, we're here. Well, you know, God knows where they are, but he wants us to identify ourselves. And I love that picture because God's still walking through earth saying to people, where are you? Where are you? Why, he says to them, are you hiding? Why are you hiding? Who have you been listening to? He's asked him, who have you been listening to? Why are you hiding? And it's a really important question for us. Who are we listening to? Whose voice 
is cutting in, trying to cut in between us and Jesus Christ? Who's trying to turn us away from just living a life of faith in Jesus? So I want to uh, talk into this a bit this morning as we just read these verses from Galatians uh, 5. We're going to read from, have we got there? No, Galatians 5, 5 to 9. I've got a different thing on the screens. Uh, so we're reading here Galatians 5, 5 to 9. For through the Spirit, we eagerly await by faith the righteousness for which we hope. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision has any value. The only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you to keep you from obeying the truth. That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. And little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. And so in this text we see that these false believers, these false apostles, were cutting in on the Galatians' faith in Jesus Christ by emphasizing to them that they needed to be circumcised. But Paul in the gospel is saying here, neither circumcision or uncircumcision counts for anything. You can recognize false believers because Jesus said you'll recognize them by their fruit. You'll recognize them because they tend to leave behind them division. They create dissension. They get people angry with each other. They break relationships up. They're not there bringing people together. They're more scattering people apart. They're drawing people to themselves often more than they're drawing people to Jesus. Oh, they're the sort of people who make a lot of you. They make much of you as long as you're making much of them. But when you stop making much of them, you're sort of, you know, you're out. Also, they're very much about appearances and about the servicings and about what you're doing. They create a climate of judgment and fear. You'll know you're around them because you'll be afraid of what happens when you stop pleasing them. They don't create a climate of mercy and grace. And, and they are the little yeast that wants to get in and work through the whole batch of dough and cut away our faith in Jesus. So what do we do? And he tells us in these verses we read what God is doing. God is not doing all those things. What he's saying is, it's by my spirit. It's by the spirit. It's not according to your flesh, because your flesh, my flesh, who I am as Paul Burton, cannot produce spiritual life. I cannot produce anything of the Holy Spirit in me. I cannot be a spiritual person from God's perspective from myself. But what Jesus is saying and what the gospel is saying is when I come to Jesus, I receive the Holy Spirit. Now everything to do with God and truth and being a Christian is by the Spirit. By the Spirit. Not by me. By the Spirit. Not from me. From the Spirit. So right now this morning, if you have faith in Jesus, the Holy Spirit is at work in you. He's in work in me. And he's working to do certain things. And, and in Galatians, he gives us some idea of what those things are. Not all of them, but some of them. And so he says, by the Spirit, we have faith. There it is, faith. And uh, there's a bit of a pause there, but we get there. By the Spirit, we have faith. He's working faith in us. Faith is spiritual. I can't have the sort of faith that's going to save me and bring me into God's you know, presence and family from myself. 
But the Holy Spirit is working the faith of Jesus Christ in me. And he wants to work the faith of Jesus Christ in you. You know, to me, what faith looks like, one of the best illustrations, you may have heard me say it before, is in the uh, book of Numbers, when it's talking about the Israelites, and they come to the edge of the promised land, and they send in 12 spies, and the 12 spies go and look all around, and they come back, and they report, it is better than what we thought it was going to be. It's amazing, but... It's impossible for us to go and live there because everything in there is so much bigger and stronger than us. But so now, amongst those 12, there's two. And you know their names, some of you, Joshua and Caleb. And Joshua and Caleb said, yep, that's all true. And yes, it's impossible for us, but God is for us. And if God is for us, we can do it. If God is leading us in, we can do it. So if we were to just use some other um, uh, analogies and, st- and wording that we use, we, we understand you know, that we talk about the sons of God and we talk about all being God's people. So right there in that situation is three, approximately three million people who considered themselves God's people. God had brought them out of Egypt. God had given them a new name. God had called them his people. But if we looking for sons of God to be revealed there, we only 